0: Welcome to the Wednesday, May 24th, PFF forecast. We have a special, special podcast because uh, the people have asked for it. They want to bet the WNBA. And so we are officially bringing the WNBA into the fold. Maybe not officially a WNBA podcast, but maybe. Uh, It's going to be a great show. We're going to talk to Ben Brown. He's the man behind the WNBA model and the bets that we are going to be placing for the rest of the summer. Let's rock. It's good to have you back. You, for people that don't know, you've literally been in a uh, a room secluded from your family for months, preparing for the WNBA season. So it's good. It's good that you made it much. out. It's great <laughs> to see you again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I missed my family for a few months their post NFL season, but it was all in the it was all in the name of getting the model correctly for the WNBA for the printing press, basically. I mean, we all make sacrifices in our life. You know, some have more sacrifices than others, but you know that was my cross to bear, and I'm I'm pleased with the early performances. Uh, I would say of the betting model. I know Brad, you know, uh, was pleased with at least some initial winners. I do think you know sussing out where these teams rank, obviously through the first couple of games, is is very much going to help. Um, you know, for the entire season, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a pretty uh, uh exciting ride, I would say, so far already.
2: Yeah, I would I should say like it was a cool offseason for the WNBA. I think there was some some super team building. We talked Brianna Stewart pre-show, now a New York Liberty member and off to a phenomenal start. Uh we've seen kind of a concentration of power out of the aces. Well, they added Candace Parker to an already loaded roster as well. Uh Chicago Sky legend Candace Parker. So, but yes, as you mentioned, uh you gave out the Chicago Sky and the LA Sparks. Uh the Sky were plus four and a half and the Sparks were minus two and a half. And I think both teams won by 20 points. So the model is off to a hot start. It was worth neglecting your family in, in the uh, the free agency window uh, for some early season winners.
0: <laughs> Did you manage, Ben, at all, before we before we dive deep into the WNBA, um, to place any NFL bets uh, during the offseason? Any futures that you've placed? Um, we haven't talked in a little while, of course, because of your your WNBA research, but uh, anything that caught your eye that you placed a few shackles in?
1: I mean, I, I will say first off that I really enjoyed the last episode, obviously, with our guy Judah. Uh, I think you guys came to some consensus of spots that I really liked from like the most passing yards, rushing yards and receiving yards area. So I had to, of course, uh, you know, join the Rashad Rashid, Shahid bandwagon <laughs> for the New Orleans Saints. I was surprised that uh, you know, neither you or Brad mentioned Derek Carr potentially as uh, to lead the league in the most passing yards, obviously, you know, from PFF's perspective, really easy schedule depends on, you know, just how much they actually do want to press on, uh, on that angle. But uh, I think early on specifically, like we could see some Derek Carr pseudo type games happening in the NFC South. So I, I know he's, I would say aggressively priced at like eight to one or nine to one, but that was a spot that I I thought the printing press would maybe lean towards. And I know you guys identified some other quarterback specifically. Uh, but that was one spot that I thought maybe, you know, deserve a second, uh, a second look for some people as well, I would say.
2: I know you do have your eye on um we talked about the offensive rookie of the year and stuff like that a couple of weeks ago, but I know you do have your eye on one of those plays that that I think is a, is a good look.
1: Yeah, definitely. So this has, you know, the working of the year, I would say offensively has kind of in a lot of ways gravitated towards wide receiver in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, we've had some really top upper echelon guys go in the top 10 and that, that obviously didn't happen this year. But I think maybe the quarterback specifically might be just a little bit overpriced. And I do think there is, you know, very much that second tier. Of wide receivers that can contribute. And I think one guy that I think has a pretty clear path to opportunity right away um, is Zay Flowers. He's at 18 to one on DraftKings to be the offensive rookie of the year. Um, It it just seems like this sets up really well, right? Like Baltimore is a team that is very much going to be in the playoff race all season. A lot of times this does seem to go towards a team or uh, go for a team that maybe doesn't get all the way there in their first year or else they would have a guy like, you know, in the Jackson, be the MVP of the year of the league in 2023 or, or have the coach of the year and all these other things fall into place. But it seems like if Baltimore is kind of in this 10 and seven type window, maybe even a nine and eight type window, which I think their schedule kind of sets up for if Zay flowers is that, you know, the, the early season i would say workhorse from a from a usage standpoint at the wide receiver position i think that could actually happen relatively quickly rashad bateman's going to be hurt um kind of like you mentioned off air brad and and i don't know i i think with odell beckham jr kind of in the fold like how much of you know how, how much pass routes and opportunity to actually i would say put towards odell beckham jr you know with the year off everything else like Think he might have a little bit of time getting up to speed in the baltimore ravens offense so i think zay flowers kind of being the one constant there this offseason, you know working through training camp and everything else could kind of emerge as that guy early on and if the ravens are in kind of that contention i think he makes a lot of sense and i do think he could you know easily get over that thousand yard threshold and if he does you know, it would take a runaway performance from Bashan Robinson or one of these quarterbacks. I would say to potentially wrestle it from him. So I like that one at eighteen to one. I do gravitate towards the wide receivers. That might be a, a little bit of a a blind spot given the this current class, but I think there's enough talent there that you know one of these guys, either some Flowers or maybe Jordan Addison, you know, deserves a bet in the market from my perspective.
0: Especially if Lamar has a, um, you know, he's had no receivers. On his team, right? It's been a, a narrative that that people are looking to focus on. So if there's a receiver that breaks out, that's gonna be talked about a lot. It'll probably come with Lamar playing well, which people will talk about a lot because of the contract situation, and all that stuff. So there could get you could get some momentum behind it quickly. And the quarterbacks are in some tricky situations, right? So it's not as if those guys are just kind of walking into a situation where they're going to throw 25 touchdowns and then you know the the only other player there is the the outstanding favorite which is Bijan Robinson right but i mean the running back position is a crapshoot and here's the thing as good as Bijan Robinson is as good as that offensive line is that team is probably still losing a lot of games right. The tough thing is, you know, are they going to are they going to commit to the run when they're down twenty? Are they going right. to put Bijan right? Robinson going to be racking up? You know, if they give him three hundred fifty carries and they go, you know, they win four games, I don't know that that's going to be great for the franchise. So right. you could have that uh, playing to to your advantage as well. Um, you mentioned uh, the Printing Press. Uh, if you are not yet a member of the Discord, the Printing Press Discord, you should get involved. It's probably the best way. Um, to hang out with uh, with us in the community during the off season and during the season, because we can talk about bets there in real time. Uh, Brad's always dropping nuggets. He's hearing from around the league. Ben is in there. Judah's in there. Uh, Arjun is in there. A lot of great folks um, that are in there as well who are great bettors. So it's an awesome place, um, whether you're new to betting uh, or you're a veteran, uh, to come hang out with us. Uh, the link to the Discord you can find in the description on our YouTube. Uh, if you're listening there, or if not, you can go navigate to it and find it, or you can hit us up on Twitter um, and we will uh, we will send that out. I think we'll do a better job of, of tweeting that out as well um, when we drop the, the podcast. So uh, go join that. And if you're looking for a little uh, PFF Plus subscription, 25% off with promo code forecast, F-R-E-C-A-S-T, you can get a year long subscription, which means it'll take you all the way through this uh, NFL season and fantasy season uh, and draft as well. So um, get yourself set up for your fantasy league for the upcoming betting season, uh, all the great tools that are there and content uh, on pff.com. So let's jump into the WNBA. Um, I got to admit, I've not been a, a fast follower of the WNBA, follow the NBA pretty closely. So can you give us a sense, like, for people that are out there that are probably aware of how the NBA works, 82 games, games most nights, um, you know, it's it's 12-minute uh, quarters, um, you know, th- there are three-pointers and two-pointers. Like, they know the game of basketball. What are the differences in the WNBA? Just kind of set the stage. And, like, I'm sure you've thought about this because you've modeled it. Like, what are some of those key differences about, you know, the way the game is played, structured league, all that stuff?
1: So, yeah, 36 regular season games, basically, you know, 12 teams. I think there's, you know, some discussion of potentially expanding that a little bit. But you do get, I would say, a lot more it, – it, matchup based handicaps in those in a way because you do have a you know a, a decent at least sampling based on the 36 game schedule of them playing you know a number of different teams. So I think that is kind of interesting. Um it, it, and kind of like Brad mentioned, like we there was in some ways like a fundamental shift um this offseason in particular to more of this like super team type approach that we have seen I would say build up in year you know years past with the NBA. Um, and, and in a lot of ways I think it's kind of following same you know blueprint that the nba had where you know these teams like new york liberty bringing about you know a, a number of different stars are maybe in some ways having you know an initial struggle and i say that with liberty basically losing their opening game and then you know beating the doors off of the worst team and in, in the wnba in their second game so I, I think maybe it's a little bit of a overstatement right now but i think seeing these teams kind of come together is going to be Kind of an interesting, um, you know, betting angle for through the first few weeks of the season because the big difference for me in the WNBA versus the NBA is like the NBA is so much more one-on-one, I would say, type basketball, very much star-driven, and I do think in the WNBA specifically, like you can get away with having a more team-based concept and and more, you know, more radical possession, set plays, those sorts of things than I think we even see in the NBA. So I, I think it's a little bit more almost like college basketball in a certain ways. And we also, you know, probably see, I would say like the dominant post play still very much kind of take hold at the WNBA level that that I think is, you know, if you don't have a big post that can potentially, you know, facilitate like a, a uh, uh, Jokic or or somebody like that, like they're somewhat deemed irrelevant. But I think the success of some of the teams that we're seeing, especially early, are on our kind of you know the dominant post play, the the Connecticut Sons of the World, basically with like Alyssa Thomas, who is like a you know like a power forward type player, which is you know in some ways you know not really not really, uh, you know, a, a position that is really focused on at the NBA level anymore. It's much more of like the stretch four, uh, you know, three type guy that's kind of taken over. And I think that's probably like the big fundamental shift. But yeah, you, you see it obviously, um, you know, in, in a number of different ways as well. But that's, you know, kind of where it's at. And it, it, it is intriguing because I do think, you know, the, the aces last year, you know, win the championship in a lot of ways do get better. Um, and in a lot of ways, I know you know George might be expecting this with you know the LeBron James and the Lakers, but like the Seattle uh, the Seattle Storm were kind of like the second place team, very much I would say dismantled. You know, super retires, Ala, you know LeBron James potentially after this season. Brianna Stewart goes to the New York Liberty. Uh, you know, kind of like moving on in a lot of ways. So I think. You know, this setting up in the same storyline for what the Lakers are going to do with LeBron James retiring, Anthony Davis, you know, maybe moving east or something like that can potentially happen. But uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they play out, uh, you know, this expectation. George looks very frustrated with my uh, forecast. Coming for home. Where He's the Lakers coming home. About- <laughs> He's
2: coming home. He's a Chicago guy, dude. Yeah. Why not? Why not? LeBron, you, <laughs> yeah, I thought for a second you were saying LeBron. I was like, yeah, LeBron
0: would be the type of guy that would pretend to be from Chicago all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. The, no.
2: But, no. Thanks. Yeah, no. Thanks. I'll take. I'll take AD um, though. Although
0: you know, to be clear, I'd I'd almost be happier uh, with that instead. What I think we're going to get is LeBron's going to come back, and the whole reason that he's doing this uh, retirement song and dance is so they leverage their future even more. We're going to trade everything for Kyrie. And, you know, it's not going to work, but we're going to be terrible for 10 years after. So yeah, probably just, (laughs) just in case you're wondering, um, so who, like there, there are a few teams at the top. You look at the standings, by the way, WNBA stats.wnba.com. There's a lot uh, of interesting data points there. Um, do you, do you power rank these teams? And if so, like who are the best teams? Um, is that generally the way that the market feels about them? Like, I guess my initial thought would be people aren't following this super closely. They probably know a couple of big names. They probably know about Brittany Griner. Maybe they knew about Brianna Stewart. Um, they probably you know knew about Sue Bird, probably know about uh, Diana Taurasi. And like, that's about it. Like you've already mentioned, I think, did you mention, uh, was it Alyssa Thomas? Uh, but, you know, a player I'd never heard of, right? Um, so are you seeing your power rankings match up with the way that the the market um, actually values these teams
1: yeah so I, I i would say i kind of have two different power ratings metrics very similar to kind of you know some approaches that we've used previously at the nfl level but i want Elo rating um which you you can i would say adjust year to year using some other metrics that are available so those are very much i would say adjusted to preseason win totals and the championship odds for every single team and those those ELO ratings have, I would say, a very clear top two teams. And I think that is very much how, you know, the, the market had priced these teams preseason and very much is kind of how they're pricing them on a per-game basis. But it's very clearly, I would say, the aces um, are, you know, the class of the WNBA in a lot of ways and did win the championship last year and only did get better. And I think from there, you know, the New York Liberty are kind of the next tier below them. Adding mean, Brianna Stewart, they have, I would say, have a lot of questions as far as, like, how how quickly can this whole thing come together? um you know sabrina inescu is maybe the best guard uh you know in the WNBA, how does she kind of fit in with brianna stewart like those those same questions that kyrie and lebron probably had to answer at certain points in time um you know are very much a question i would say for the new york liberty so those are definitely the top two teams and i think the team that you know i would say is probably impressed me the most that it seems like the market was probably sleeping on was the team that the aces uh beat in the finals last year and that's you know again the connecticut Sun, who are three and zero, um who, who kind of you know don't really have the i don't want to like you know slight anybody or anything or but like the legitimate maybe superstar type player that can you know go and get a bucket with at the at the crunch time you know crucial point in time that they absolutely need to uh they don't really have that they play a lot of you know Team basketball, they do pound it under, underneath to Alyssa Thomas. They do have a couple people who, you know, can definitely stretch the floor shooting the ball as well. But the she play just like really sound defense. And I think you see that kind of reflected in their totals. Um, you know, I, I think like you know, going back to it, like the typical total you get in the WNBA is probably like 160 to 161 and a half to 162, would probably be like the mean expectation. You're gonna find Connecticut Sun games, you know, pretty typically in like the 156 and a half to 157 point range, um, you know, then kind of based on their matchup, uh, move out from there. But it, it'll be interesting for me to see if they can kind of, I would say, close that gap, um, you know, it, 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 in either metric. Um, there were a spot that I've liked through the first, you know, three weeks of the season. I think part of that then going back to it, the market, uh, you know, maybe wasn't pricing massively. Um, or being as close to the Liberty and the aces as they actually probably probably are right now. So I think they're the third best team. Uh, And then from there, you know, the Washington mystics in a lot of ways are, are somewhat similar to the Connecticut some, but they don't have quite as much from a supporting cast and then have, you know, what a lot of people would consider one of the best forwards in the game and Elena Deladon. So I think those are probably like the clear four best teams. Um, And then you definitely have some bottom dwellers. You have some teams that are going to get ran out of the building. You have, you know, the Indiana fever who are going to be 14 and a half to 15 and a half point underdogs against basically any team in, in, in the association and especially in the top four, but like the, the differences I would say, like these teams, kind of play hard and and one betting angle that I've found is you know when the when the fever are kind of down you know 20 at halftime or whatever like you can actually kind of expect them to come back a little bit and and at least make the game somewhat close so uh, I do think you know understanding the the hierarchy of the uh, of the WNBA but also kind of seeing like you know what teams near the bottom are going to compete night in and night out even after getting their butts kicked. And I do think the Fever kind of makes sense there. The Dream are another one that I think, um, you know, are definitely better than the Fever and could very much be trending in the right direction after this year do have some young players, um, you know, kind of in the fold that I think are exciting, but they're another team that, you know, I think could very much emerge from that low, though, though and actually be you know, somewhat relevant, I would say in the play in race when it's all said and done. So. Those are, you know, kind of the overarching, you know, evaluations. And then you have like, you know, teams like the the, the storm and the links and the wings who don't really have a lot kind of sit in this mid tier, um, you know, or worse type of thing don't really have a, you know, I, I would say a ton of star type potential on their roster. So uh, I think those three teams are kind of not, not necessarily interchangeable. And I do think a lot of the betting value is, you know, in some ways betting a four against some of those teams, but. Um, you know, night in and night out it is kind of tough to project what you're going to get from those three teams right now. And then going back to it, the final team, I think that I haven't touched on the Phoenix Mercury, kind of like you said, Brittany Griner's back in the fold. I I think if you buy into narratives, like, um, you know, at at some point this, they're going to be a team that the WNBA wants to focus on and wants to get into the playoffs. I haven't really necessarily played all that well right now. but, but, But kind of with Brittany Griner in the fold, with Diana Taurasi in the fold, like they're going to be a team that draws a lot of interest, so I think they're a team that is probably going to be, you know, a, a, a betting market opportunity further on down, especially if they do continue to play kind of poorly. Because at some point, it seems like you know they're going to have to put it together to, you know, get get Brittany Grinder, get you know Diane Taurasi in some ways in the spotlight that they probably deserve towards the end of their career. I would say. So, so uh, of all LeBron those.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was going to say of all those, obviously that was a great breakdown of everybody, but um, who are maybe a team that you are kind of fading a little bit that you think, you know, the market is a little bit high on and at least early season before we get more data, you're kind of finding edges and picking spots to bet against them.
1: Yeah. So the two teams that jump out right now, you know, the Dallas Wings, Minnesota Lynx, I do think the Lynx are really bad. They did. Absolutely. I, I, I want to say they were up it was like 17 or 15 at a time yesterday against the dream and then lost still. Uh, so they're just a bad, honestly, they're a bad team. Like I know Nafisha Collier is pretty good post player, but she's kind of really all they have. And I, I do think even, you know, as them being, uh, I would say I guess like seventh or eighth in the in power rankings, like, they're very much team I think is going to be right next to the Indiana fever. as kind of like the basement dwellers. So I do think there is going to be a decent amount of value on leading the links specifically. Um, and then another one I think is the Dallas wings. Um, they have, I would say kind of like their star players uh, is Eric Ngakwe, um, who's kind of this, I would say almost like f- frenetic or f- kind of chaotic player in a lot of ways. Like she can go down and drill like four threes from like 30, 30- 30 plus feet range, but uh, she's also going to throw up like a ton of air balls like later on down the line. So she's very much, I don't even, I'm trying to think of like an NBA equivalent. I'm the only person I can think of, I think George would get upset about me saying, so I'm not even going to go down that path, but very much like night in and night D'Angelo out. Like, Russell? Not, I mean, that's actually <laughs> the one I should have thought of basically, but it's very, I would say in a lot of ways similar. She's more probably ball dominant than what D'Angelo Russell is at this point okay. in his career. But like, she's like somebody who literally can just like Go four straight possessions, launching threes, have a turnover, driving to the lane, and like none of the teammates will basically touch the touch the basketball or whatever. So it's it's chaotic. It's it's at its best. It's fun to watch. At its worst, you're thankful that you're betting the other side, basically. And it, it is, I think, a spot where you can almost in some ways see how the 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 start of the game is going and buy into some live betting action. I think that's you know in a lot of ways the approach that I've taken early on, um, you know, to start the season is more. More trying to figure out what we have kind of the first six minutes, first quarter, uh, and, and then from there kind of picking some in-game spots off.
2: Sounds like Dion Waiters. You can jump in, George, but I'm getting some Dion Waiters energy from her. Waiters. Yeah, I
0: uh I was joking that um D'Angelo Russell is a poor man's Dion Waiters. <laughs> uh, which is not not saying many nice things about D'Angelo Russell. anyone, really. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, is your, so take us through a little bit of the kind of the, your model. Is it basically just just those power ratings? Are you taking anything else into consideration? Are you regressing to the market here? Like how much respect do you have for the market, I guess. Um, and you just kind of touched on it a little bit with like, you're playing a lot of live. Um, but what does your like pregame, uh betting look like and um you know maybe you can get into uh into some of the the games maybe upcoming sure yeah so basically
1: you know going back to what i have the elo ratings i also do have like a market implied um massy calculation as well the problem is of course like right now like we've only had you know two or three spreads and as opposed to kind of doing that at the nfl level where we have 18 weeks of data or whatever like a lot of that is based on prior expectation, especially last season. So I'm not really, I would say, including that a whole lot outside of looking at that right now, but then, you know, some of it is, you know, just like the rest factors, um, home away considerations. Um, One thing that, you know, I've tried to improve on this year is, um, you know, the expectation at the team level for what each player is going to bring from a win share perspective. And I think, you know, obviously with players in and out of the lineup, like has not necessarily been a complete blind spot from my model's perspective, but it has been something that I probably haven't handled that well. So including some wind share aspects and actually being able to, you know, remove those if a player is out or whatever, um, you know, it is an improvement this year. And I think is, you know, in a lot of ways, moved the needle, you know, in, in the right direction. But yeah, it, it takes some, you know, the rest considerations, the power ratings, um, the wind shares, um, the, the pace basically with which the team has played um and, and kind of folded that all together. Um, so I'm, I'm using less of a weight on, you know, the market implied ratings, but I think that'll, that kind of like transforms into, I would say like the basis for the model as we get to kind of like the halfway point of the season and stuff like that. But it's a spot that, you know, just doesn't even, you know, I, I would say in a long ways past the, the small test right now.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I guess to your point, like a lot of what happened last season you said there's a lot of movement between teams so it'd be very hard to kind of take some some of those historical or just even last season's performance and really get a keen sense of what's going to happen early in the season so you have some knowledge around the players you have these power ratings and then you're watching the games to kind of figure out okay what is actually you know what what is the what is the opportunity here
1: yeah, and and the model does take into account you know rest components, and I do get like a spread on the expectation from the model, and then I can definitely price that against you know the current offering or whatever. But you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's just like traditional betting, especially early on in the season. So if you do see you know, some lower totals than what the mean expectation is, you know, like the 156 and I think that's the 157, like the model is very much probably going to play the over in that scenario. Um, and, and then like tomorrow, you know, coming up, like the BNBA, this is I think going to be the ACEs second game of the season. I think it's sitting at like 172 and a half, 172 point total against the Sparks who, you know, probably are the second worst team, uh, in the WNBA, um, based on betting market expectation. So like them actually getting the 172 games is very much going to require, you know, the aces to put up, you know, close to hundred points again or whatever. Um, so some of those things early on in the season, like even, even if I have like a, you know, a, a bet that my model says is, you know, a positive expected value, bet, I'm still kind of in some ways waiting to approach that from an in-game perspective. So I very much have like a side that I probably want to target from in-game perspective, uh, but kind of based on how the actual start of the game is playing out, that's, you know, determining whether I'm, you know, basically locking that bet in or not, I would say.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah. So speaking of uh, tomorrow's WNBA action, um, no player props, sadly offered for they'll be there WF. they'll be
1: there tomorrow
0: they'll be there oh, tomorrow. They will. Okay. okay um do you bet a lot of uh, props for so WF? that's or...
1: yeah so like my model you know before this year basically was very team centric and i was kind of going back to it with like the wind shares and everything else um and you know just working on some things behind the scenes with pff i haven't done any real i would say modeling um mm-hmm. on it basically and i kind of want to have that basis before really betting it but I have some ideas percolating as far as like uh you know the, the the minute usage and stuff like that, and actually being able to kind of predict out the the, the stats that I think would offer some value against it. But I don't know. I, I've I know like I'm you know kind of just betting you know the six pack right, uh, and kind of always have with the WNBA. I have heard that people tend to get you know limited betting the the player prop action. It's not something I necessarily dove into heavily, maybe because of that, but. Um, I definitely think there are a ton of opportunities in that particular market as well. And things just, you know, don't move with the speed in which we see at, you know, the NFL, or I would say any of the, uh, any of the four major sports either, like one point, not to go on a huge or long tangent, but like, there are, there are very much times in the WNBA where a player like Elena Deladon, who is kind of like, you know, like an Anthony Davis type person or something where mm-hmm. she'll go out from the game and there will be no adjustment to the, to the to the live number until, you know, halftime or even later in a lot of scenarios. And sometimes the books aren't even adjusting for it. So in a lot of ways, you can even just pick up an angle like that every once in a while, if you are actually tuned into the game and do hear that she is questionable or, or not coming back basically, because uh, that's just not a spot that the books are, you know, actively monitoring out, say in this particular market.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um- By the way, current championship odds, the Aces plus 120, New York Liberty plus 140, Mystics 10 to 1, the Connecticut Sun 21 to 1, Phoenix Mercury 35 to 1, and the Atlanta Dream 37 to 1. Anything stick out there to you?
1: I mean, so going back to it, I I know it's very narrative driven. I don't have this team even, you know, I would say this high, but I think the Mercury do it together they have you know obviously the the, the veteran side of things they have Grinder who could very much you know still be one of the best post players in the game and trossi very much could be one of the best guards in the game so they do kind of have the pieces i would say to at least get into that discussion so i like the mercury a little bit at 35 to 1 um still feels like the dreamer probably a year or two away they were one kind of my preseason uh, i would say darling in a lot of ways but hasn't necessarily mm-hmm. Uh, really played out well, I would say, for the first two games. So I, I think if I was choosing right now, going outside the top two, um, I think I'd probably take a little sprinkle on Mercury and and play the narrative game here right now.
2: Hey, she had a, an efficient 18 in the first game. So if, if she's going to get even better than that, uh, you know, BG. And, and, and uh, Diana Taurasi is my GOAT. I don't know if she's your GOAT, but she's my GOAT. So I, I, I believe, I believe. Yeah, I'm a huge Diana Taurasi fan. Uh, she's awesome i like that okay so i've got one
0: bet in um that's good now i have a team now i have a team okay we've got an right. official team of uh we're gonna Florida get you a jersey podcast. here
1: pretty soon it sounds like George, <laughs> yeah
0: so. it's the phoenix mercury um i've been i, I previously it was the aces when the aces came on board that was my introduction to WNBA. eric and i were, were heavy on the aces so phoenix mercury um brad you getting on board with the mercury we're mercury podcast officially yeah Yep, there it is. Um, We've got some games tomorrow. Uh, Your Minnesota Lynx, Ben, uh, are in Phoenix to face our Mercury. Our Mercury, our our two and a half point favorites, uh, total 159 and a half. The other game uh, happening at the same time is Aces in Los Angeles to face the Sparks. As you mentioned, the Sparks stink. Uh, The aces are 14 and a half point favorites, 16 to uh, minus 1600 on the money line. Uh, Total, as you mentioned, 172 and a half. Anything from a pregame perspective that that sticks out to you there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. I do like the marker in the spot. The only question I would say is, do you, are you going to like the full game number as much as the first half? I think the first half will probably open at like minus one, minus one and a half. Um, I think that will probably be the smash spot. Um, so, so that's definitely, I would say my favorite bet. Um, I don't mind Mercury minus two and a half as well. Um, I could see that one probably moving out to three, um, tomorrow at this time. So, um, so we'll see what, what actually happens with that line movement. I do kind of like the over in that game a little bit, but I know the links are, so bad but they're not very good defensively either so i do think if the mercury you know the the, the angle would in some ways be the mercury blowing them out um and getting over that number um so maybe that's you know a secondary bet but it's very much i would say mercury or bust for me in that particular game and then i don't want to fade the aces this early but there's no way i could take them as 14 and a half point favorites on the road even against you know the the second worst team in basketball so um, I don't know I, I I I don't mind the Sparks first half I really like the under and I think that's probably the only spot but it's not glamorous but um I, I think
0: that's got to be the spot that you're targeted here uh come Thursday night that's awesome um by the way I'm I'm digging into the WNBA stats page there's a lot like they analyze lineups you can take a look at five player lineups um get a lot of data on, on those lineups. There's a lot, honestly, a lot of really cool stuff. Do they have um, pace uh, metrics in, in here or are you deriving they, those? Yeah, they do, somewhere? they
1: do have it. Um, I wanna, I don't know exactly where it is and there's also a, Wee hoops. I don't know if you're, you know, I, I know some of you guys are into the, R packages. There's a, Wee hoops that actually brings mm-hmm. a lot of this, um, in as well to your environment. I mean, why am I not seeing uh, pace? It is a value in um, in WeHoop. I want to say is where I'm actually okay. pulling it in from. I thought it was actually. Yeah, that was. Two. Gonna, that, I'll dig around. That was going to be my
0: next question. Was uh, for anyone that is looking to model this themselves, um, you mentioned there's a there's an R package out there. Anything else um, that you're using that is publicly available that uh, people could uh, could go play around with?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the betting markets are a very worthwhile um, thing as well. So if you need prior priors on any of that, you can definitely reach out to me. Um, yeah, the, like the WNBA stats page is really good. I think there's one other um, that I've used for like game logs. Um, I'm, I'm kind of spacing on the name right now, of course. I got to look up.
2: You um, can throw in it, the chat is, worst case if folks want to dive in. I mean, in it the is, uh, in the description, in the description and Discord.
1: I want to say it's PBP stats. I know he. I think the guy does both NBA and WNBA. Daryl Blackport is his um, is his Twitter name, but he's a guy I've worked with a little bit in the past. I know he has a patron as well. Um, charges a little bit for it, um, but I think would also probably give you um, some data if you ask for it. But he has all like you know the the individual player level data that I think is really worthwhile as well. So PVP stats um, it, it is kind of like the third spot I also use.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Join the discord and get, get more on the WNBA. Um, okay. So we have a few bets. we got our mercury 35 to one, uh, our mercury cover the first half uh, under in ACE of sparks. It's a good start uh, recording this on a Wednesday evening. So you've got value already um for for your Thursday evening um if you're looking for something um this is this is awesome we got to keep this going Brad I don't know how to watch these games but I'm excited to find out and I am, looking forward to texting you and going hey man do you have a stream
2: (laughs) our our bi-monthly text today yeah so so we'll 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 cross that bridge when we get to it (laughs) so one one more
1: plug but that is another really great thing about the WNBA is they do have an app with a really reasonable subscription and basically any game that they have um is going to be on there so that is actually it's definitely worth your while as well i know i think it costs like 49 bucks or something like that for the season um you can basically watch every single game uh on that so i would i would definitely check that out as well and yeah i will be you know for the printing press as soon as i run the model um with the bets and i will be dumping it into uh the preferred location for bets uh you know every single time that i don't get to come on this uh this podcast and basically chop it up with you guys which is my favorite thing to do so love it
2: Right, well, we'll get you. We'll saying. get you. We'll, we'll definitely have a consistent presence. We have to, it's, it's about to be baseball season. I think Judah mm-hmm. is now officially the baseball guy just by default. Um, but we're, we're W guys. We're Mercury guys. We're W guys. Obviously Ben Brown guys. Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Let's get out of here on this. There's one uh, NBA game tomorrow evening. Heat Celtics. Um, I didn't put a lot on the game last night. Um I don't know, I, I was leaning Heat, um, but a couple of small props, but, but didn't have much. The Heat now, though, in this game, uh, the narrative is that the Celtics are back. The Celtics are back, guys. They're, ESPN thinks that the Celtics have a 45% chance or 47% chance, something like that, to win the series, coming back from an 0-3 deficit. This is something that's never happened in NBA history. The Wizards at ESPN Analytics are giving this a 47% chance. It's absolutely amazing. Um, we need them to, to start a sports book. We absolutely need it. Um, the the market is buying into this a little bit. The Celtics are minus eight. Uh, they're obviously at home. Uh, it would then go back to Miami for a game six and then back to Boston for a game seven. Um, many brilliant people on ESPN as well saying that the Celtics are back and that they are they think they're going to take it to seven and, and win in seven. Um, curious. But, uh, guys, what do we think? are we buying into this uh, Celtics resurrection narrative?
2: No, I think what happened was you saw three-point regression for the Miami Heat uh, finally hit them. They were kind of white-hot from deep for, for much of uh, the last, I think, like five or six playoff games, not even just this series so far. I mean, will that continue? I don't know, but that is what I think actually happened. Maybe you look into some props on guys you think you'll hit some shots from deep or maybe even an overplay, um, even though it is an elimination game, or maybe you just take Heat plus eight because clearly, you know, being in Boston has not mattered thus far in this series.
1: Yeah. I'm I, I'm with Brad quite a bit on this. I have basically been tailing Arjun's three-point prop player props. So um he he who has been completely fire, I would say. Unfortunately, I think we went with Duncan Robinson yesterday, who all, he was oh, he nice. like six minutes in the first half, which I don't know even know what happened, but he did get up three three pointers. I think he bricked all of them basically. So Big that bricks. one did not get home, but that was like the first <laughs> that was the first time basically. But I'm not even seeing his I'm not even seeing his number um on DraftKings right now but i think he might be a spot that i would potentially double down on if arjun gives the go ahead because i think that was you know creating a little bit of a buy low opportunity here um, on thursday night so that's the spot i like if not i'm riding jimmy butler in the heat he as a timberwolves fan i can't quit jimmy butler i mean just look at the guy all
2: he does is win baby so it's uh, it's
0: not
1: minnesota
2: I am uh, Bulls legend, Timberwolves legend, maybe future Lakers legend. I mean, right. you know. <laughs> future Lakers legend.
0: Also, apparently, uh, Jimmy Butler's son of, of Michael Jordan. That's another rumor that's out there.
2: You saw um, also uh, apparently him and Shakira, who was sitting courtside. Uh, they follow each other on socials now after he put on uh, an all time. For- yeah. So, I mean, the guy is having a playoff run truly for the ages. J- wow. You just you just got to tip your cap. You just got to tip your cap. Wow. I heard,
0: uh, the other day that Shakira and I think Lewis Hamilton are dating. So interesting. Uh, interesting. Okay. Or, or we're on a yacht together. Same thing. Um, at this point, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I am, uh, I, so I think heat money line plus two forty five. by the way, Robinson was like my one play last night and it was excruciating. but I will hop back on uh, the Argent bandwagon. No, no doubt about it. We win or we lose as a team. Um, on on FanDuel right now, it should be noted that 88 percent of the money is on Miami from a spread perspective. Um, not, I think, entirely surprising, but I kind of like Moneyline plus 245. Um, I am I am just, I'm not gonna buy into the Celtics like every, every pundit out there. I think that's ridiculous. Um, they had Al Horford hitting threes. You talk about the regression on like the right. Miami side from a three-point perspective, but like Al Horford was canning threes. I, I don't know that uh, that's something that I want to buy into. So our heat,
2: our heat and our mercury. Birds of a feather. A bad combo. Don't don't combine those two things. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. That was our podcast. Uh, this is the first episode of the forecast diving into the WNBA. We'll do some more of these. We will have football back as well. Don't worry. Sunday. We will be back um, with uh, with Judah. It'll be a great podcast. We'll start doing some division previews as well, which will be a lot of fun. Um, so it'll be a good mix and match of football, preparing for the season, and all the betting that we're going to do during the offseason to keep us alive during the summer. Uh, ben, you're a key part of that. Appreciate you. Thank you for all of your great work. Follow him at PFF underscore Ben Brown uh, on Twitter and uh, go check out all of his uh, picks in the Discord. We love you all. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.